Welcome to Talk Design, the show where creatives have conversations. I'm Adrian Ramsey and I'm your host. Having lived a life of design myself, I wanted to share with you the creatives that inspire me and in turn may inspire you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. Today on Talk Design, I am joined by two absolutely incredible women. They both have probably some, I would just say world-class talent with interior design. They are well recognized for this talent. They've both been on the podcast before, but I'm introducing them to each other this morning. And well, this afternoon for you, Fern, um, I want to get a conversation going here that talks about the industry, talks about what's happening, and you get to see into the minds of these uh, incredible businesswomen and incredible designers. So I'd like to welcome Fern Santini from Austin, Texas, and Kate Walker from Melbourne, Australia. Um, ladies, thank you so much for making time. I so appreciate it. And we should have lots of fun because you are both lots of fun, as well as brilliant businesswomen and brilliant designers. You know, you're, you're playing at the top end of design, uh, which is an enviable space, I think, for most designers, that you're, you're an inspiration to most designers with how you behave and what you create. Um, so welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's so good to be able to have a community of people that you can go, you know what, this one matches this one, and I think this would be <laughs> a really nice introduction, and so you can share and end up with making you know, a friendship out of it completely separate from me because this world's small and there is so many things to be learned from each other and enjoyed from each other um i think it's just wonderful and that's the idea of a podcast i think you've missed your calling as a matchmaker <laughs> <laughs> i've only done i've only done th- this will be the third podcast where i've actually had two people on at once i did one with rick joy who you would know well firm um, from Tucson, Arizona. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't know whether you know Rick, but you would know Peter Stutchbury from Australia. So these two are great friends. And so I had Peter just turn up on a podcast and I did another one with uh, a, a woman who's um, Heather Falding, who's a really fabulous architect in, uh, in New York and a friend of hers from Baltimore who she had no idea he was just going to show up. So we were recording and then he jumped into the recording as well so that's kind of fun it's sort of a bit of a surprise but you two did know you were going to meet each other here tell me ladies and you can choose who goes first but to give me a bit of a just an update on where design's at in melbourne and where it's at in austin and in the greater like beyond that because i know you work well beyond that you work nationally and even internationally so just give us a, a kind of a heads up on what's happening and We'll go with that first, and then we'll look at what the future is likely to do. Who's going first? Fern, you can go first. Oh, dear. Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> Austin, Texas, <laughs> on the line. <laughs> well, on oh, stage, my... more, more is likely for Austin. Yeah. Uh, Austin is, um, it's crazy. It's really crazy right now. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to still be here. Um, I, there's such an influx of people coming from all over the world into Austin, uh, tech mostly, but lots and lots of people coming from California and from Chicago and some from New York. And 
I think what it's done for us as a design community is uh, it brings uh, a lot of uh, people into the environment who have a lot of exposure to the world. And so it, it makes they're risk takers, they're entrepreneurs, they're risk takers, they're risk takers in their environments as well. And so they're willing to go out on a limb and try different things, uh, which we, I saw the reaction to uh, the collaborative house that we finished and sold last April. Um, I've had probably 150 phone calls from people wanting that same thing, that same quirky interior um, done at that level uh, with music in the big fat middle of it, obviously not as a theme, but just as how to enjoy your life. I think it was, it was an eye opener for me, especially that there were that many people out there that were willing to go out on a limb like that, because that was not the Austin that we've had in the past. So that's, that's just been wonderful to see that happen. Um, and it changes design, uh, on a dime. I mean, it changes all the things that you can throw out on the table that people used to sit and look at me and go, maybe in your house, you can do that. <laughs> and now they're like, oh, well, yeah, maybe so. You know, and my iPad has changed my world. Also, Instagram has changed my world. Um, not only for me to have my work out there, but to see other people's work that I admire so much and to go down rabbit holes on their Instagram pages looking at resources and finding this furniture maker and this person who's making these fabulous lights and this person that's making incredible pottery and this person that has antique rugs. It's just, it's like the same kind of huge shift that first dibs had when it first came about. It's like all of a sudden you have the world at your fingertips and the markets of all of these antique dealers, you see what their inventory is. I can do that same thing on Instagram now with just finding new resources and inspiration. So the world is so much smaller, isn't it, as a result? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think also it's so visual when it when it happens. Hey Fern, you said about the collaborative house, and I'm sure Kate doesn't know about the collaborative house. So do you want to dig in and tell us a bit about oh. that project? Because it's it, this is something you'll love it, Kate. You'll go, we could do this here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was hope I was so hoping and I'm still hoping that other people would take the model and just run with it in their community because you can't do it unless you know the real estate in your town. You know, like you really do have to be able to stand on the street and go, how much could we do a project here for? You know, it just it's that sim that simplistic in the beginning, but the collaborative is is founded on three principles. One that we collaborate with our team players, the architect, the, and we put the team together, the contractor, the landscape architect, and us. And we come up with a design that has integrity from the get-go. We are building something for spec, but we're building something the way we build it for a custom client. So the second thing is that we promote our project partners. And I was trying to come up with some business model that was a win-win for everyone. We're not just building a house to flip. It's not that simple. Um, everyone that has, a, has a, a hand in it needs to benefit from it. So I hate it when people hide their resources. I think we're all in this together. And that was the overwhelming concept the whole thing was founded on. So everyone that worked in the house, artists, artisans, furniture makers, every resource that I used, uh, showed up on Instagram repeatedly. I mean, on every photograph, Douglas Friedman shot it when it was finished. 
and we we uh, gave those photographs to all of our project partners as a thank you for being in it with us. A lot of people never have photographs of that caliber to use. I was about to, to say, Kate, do you know business. Douglas Friedman? Um, no, well, I don't. we'll link you to him. But uh, yeah, Fern, Fern, you are talking my love language right now. <laughs> And it's really yep. interesting because I've just completed um, a home for myself called Biscayne. Right. And, um, and that's exactly what I did. I shared every single resource. Yeah. I built a community around me. So then people wanted to be a part of the project. So yes. I got to get the best of everybody. And I think it pushed the project to new heights because the people, whether it be the tiler, whether it be the plasterer, whether it be yeah. sometimes the unsung heroes of a project um, yes. don't get recognised. Okay. And I want to create that sharing and caring environment where we as, um, I guess, leaders in our industry, um, you know, and, and uh, I guess um, thought leaders mm. can actually create a sharing community to make good design advice available to everybody. And I don't understand why in, in, in a world today where information is so easily reached through Instagram, through House, through Pinterest, that designers put a block on, on their right. IP because, you know, and, and this, this sort of started my new business, KWD Co., which is an on, online portal uh, for people that can't afford custom um, design, but it's based on that principle the same principle as your project in that, you know, share, share the advice and share the resources because that lifts everybody up. Yeah. Yes, yeah. totally. It takes a village to do what we do. So you all should share credit willingly. It's just, it's good karma. Mm -hmm. And so many of the artists that worked in this house have gotten numerous commissions. They've had to hire more people. And that's what it was all about. So the business model actually worked. Um, and the third part of it is because I am in Austin where the dirt costs a fortune mm -hmm. um, and building costs a lot of money. And the things that I put in it were expensive. It, it ends up being something that most of us can't afford. I can't afford that house. But we can use that house for the community. So for each project, we attach a nonprofit on the very front end that benefits from the exposure throughout the build. Um, we host events, we blog about it, we Instagram about it. Um, and then when we sold the house in this particular case, this was our inaugural project, um, they got part of the proceeds. We did well, we gave them money, but they got a ton of exposure and we still have events planned Brene Brown is still going to do her event at the Paramount whenever we can get out of stage five COVID, which we're still in, but hopefully we're going down. So, so Kate, um, you need to put that one on your um, travel schedule. I'll go with you. Yes. Um. <laughs> it's going to be an evening with Brene and an um, to-be-announced musical guest called Love, Heartbreak in Texas. And she talks about it and they sing about it. And 100% of the proceeds goes to HAM, which is Health Alliance for Austin Musicians, which was the nonprofit on that house. Um, it's the only organization in Austin that uh, allows for uh, working musicians to have affordable health care. 
And where would we be without them? So I just, it, it was a cause near and dear to our hearts and everybody came on board. Their average donation was $20. We've raised that and we'll continue to raise that. So it just all came around full circle. So we started another one. <laughs> We're in the very beginning of another one. All of that um, philanthropy done with, with beautiful things as the, um, as the attractor, which I think is just lovely. I, I love the sentiment of supporting artisans. I love the sentiment of, of, of supporting yes. tradespeople. Yeah. I th- I th- I'm the same. I go, we've got these people, like we all keep them in our kind of bag who mm. can do amazing work beautifully. They're prepared to take the extra time they're prepared to go above and beyond. They're prepared to listen to the crazy shit we ask for, and then they're w- prepared to work out how to do it best from a you know from an actual physical producing right. it point of view. And they they are the unsung heroes because at the end of the day, we draw a sketch and we come up with an idea and we do all those kind of things, but we expect somebody else to be able to read our minds enough to make it happen and and add the expertise on the bits that we don't know that because we're not the we're not in their trade we're not in their um space also too they really support our weaknesses i think as as designers we sort of sit up here in a helicopter (laughs) and we have these grand creative ideas but I don't know about you, Fern. I fall down when it comes to the technical side of things. I fall down when it comes to installation. And I rely on these people to work out how to build what we design. Yeah. Yes. How to install what we design. And without them, our designs are just a concept. No. That's you, it. They're I, just an idea on paper. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so true. I've, I've had so much success in sharing information um, mm-hmm. and I would really love to see a paradigm shift in the design industry to not hold on to this information. And I think your project, um, you know, calls out to that. Biscayne, the way I, right. I show my su- supply partners, I tell them where I get the rugs from, where I get the fabric yes. from, where I Every- got the lamp from, because if those businesses then do well, they're going to bring in better product for me. To, to be able to play with better stuff. Yeah. yeah. Before when I when you said about the your house, I, I, I looked sideways like this because I, I don't know where I've put it, but obviously it's on the front of every magazine at the moment in the country. <laughs> it's um, you know, there's massive spreads of your home. Um, it's the it will shift, interestingly, it will shift design. Your that house will shift design right across the country. Um, there will be people that just go, oh, I, I see this and I get this or I want this, I want a piece of it. And it's no different from the collaborative house. It's so special that people want to, they're realising that they're actually allowed it. They, they, they've got permission to actually have these things. Um, it isn't just everybody else. And they might not be able to do it on the scale or the grandeur or whatever, but they can actually, they've given, you've given them permission to have a home like it. And it's interesting, it's very difficult to showcase that on a client's property because on a client's property, they're in charge. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're the ones that give you the speed bumps. Right. When it was my own personal home, I could go for gold. And when for you, it's a community project. You can go it's the same. Gold. Yes. Yeah. 
we did. I mean, if we had had a client sitting there and at the very beginning stages, we we want this double ellipse staircase that has a catwalk running in front of it. And that's how you get from that side of the house to the other side of the house. When you go upstairs, we would everyone would have gotten cross eyed and said on your pro next project, <laughs> not, <laughs> not my project. Yeah. And everyone walks in there and like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And, and that was the the beauty of it was a genius uh, architecture move that I can't take credit for doing anything except saying, I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Do it. That's um, an important step. <laughs> yes. But I mean, it was just it was this you have this ability to show people a vision that they can't see otherwise. So um that and that from a creative standpoint was just a just a ball every day, you know. It's, other it's, than it's a design project without the client, which is kind of utopia. We uh -huh. all need clients to for cash flow, we need clients to run a business and we need clients to be able to showcase what we do. Yeah. Um, and also to push us in directions that we wouldn't normally go. Yeah. Like they put boundaries yeah. around us that we go, oh, okay, how do I right. smash that? How do I how do I bring them on a journey and um, take them somewhere new for them? Um, you know, that's, yeah, the client has an integral part in getting us there, but then that freedom of being able to go, I've got a collaborative of great people who yeah. want to create things and then being able to sort of bring master that is genius. Like I, I loved the Biscayne process so much. Um but I can't keep moving my family. And I, I keep moving my family. My kids have said, Mum, we're waving the white flag. We're done. Yes. <laughs> I just want to stay somewhere for a while. So, so our plan is to actually stay somewhere. Um, you know, we'll stay in Biscayne. <laughs> you know, I've designed an extension actually, but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it, it's, it's really interesting that... Um, I enjoyed the process so much that I've opened up a new business called KWD Turnkey with the concept that I deliver a complete package with, with the full design, with the sheets on the bed, the towels in the cupboard, the knives and forks in the uh -huh. drawer, fully curated because people um, today are so busy and they just want a solution. They want a solution yeah. to their housing issues. And, you know, Fern, you started the podcast by talking about you know what's happening with design in in you know Austin, where you yeah, are. Texas, yeah. With, with us here in particularly me on the Mornington Peninsula, we're about an hour outside of Melbourne, so we're considered we're close enough for people to commute into the city and work, but we're far enough away for this to be people's secondary home as as a holiday home. So mm -hmm. what we've seen here is this huge influx of people wanting a holiday home that's close to Melbourne so that should we be locked down again, they've got their escape. And so they've taken all their travel dollars that they would have spent travelling and skiing overseas and doing all that sort of thing and they're putting it into right down here. But because I think people are fearful of, of constant lockdowns, they don't want to just slum it when, you know, on holiday houses. And holiday houses when I grew up were way secondary to your primary residence. Whereas now the holiday home needs everything. Yeah. It needs a bedroom for every adult child and they need their own bath. Right. Right. There needs to be space for the grandchildren. And um, so we, particularly on the Mornington Peninsula, are seeing this huge influx in people wanting 
start to finish because with a secondary home, they don't have all the furniture. So they're starting again. They're not bringing anything. Right. Um, well, in the olden days, you used to move all the crap out of your city home into the, <laughs> you know, all this stuff that you went, well, if we're going to live with something new, it's coming here. That's but they right. also want a different yeah. emotional feel nowadays. Yeah. They want to shift from city emotion to holiday emotion. Yeah. That's Absolutely. the other thing. And the aesthetics are generally a, a complete juxtaposition. Yeah. Right. And so your old crap from town doesn't look so good down in the country or in the in, in this you know on the bay. Now on yeah. to Guthrie for that. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and people want all new. And because I think everyone's so busy, they're running businesses, they're running lives, they're running children, they don't have time to shop. And I think people are also fearful now there's a, there's a low grade fear of being in public spaces of it's a generalized fear mm-hmm. um, people don't want to be out in the community so much because they're worried about what's going to happen and so we're finding a lot of people saying can you just do it can can you just sort it out and hand us the keys yeah for turnkey yeah. turnkey um yeah i was shocked at how many people wanted that and loved the idea of that. And I wasn't sure when I started it, um, but that is definitely the case. And, and just to see how you curate things. I mean, so for the big wow, the big bang, which I love, you know, you do the installation and it's all there and they walk in. I live for that. <laughs> so you can do that when you're doing a project like this, because you can do it right down to the, I bought these, uh, salt and pepper shakers at Grange Hall that's one said they're like white porcelain with this gold script on them and one said heroin and one said speed and you know it's just a rock and roll house kind of and they were they were sitting out in the kitchen I've had like five people call can you get me those salt and pepper shakers it's it's the funniest thing but it's those little things that people remember and you know it's just something that had a sense of humor and an attitude and I think people are ready for that so they're tired of the same thing over and over we had this one client there's snow chalet up at Mount Buller and so it was a turnkey situation so we bought everything that went in the cupboards for her and we kept getting these messages at nine and ten at night for weeks <laughs> Oh my gosh, I've just found a bottle opener. That's the cutest thing ever. Where did you find that bottle opener? And then she'd ring and say, Oh, the fruit bowl is amazing. I never would have chosen that. So, yeah. you know, items that are everyday items, we've tried to bring this joyous feel yes. to it. So, you talk about golden pepper shakers. I talk about love heart shaped bottle openers. Um, and, you know, it can be very, very special. It's like Christmas Day every day for a couple of months while you, uh-huh. while you discover. Yeah. So true. <laughs> That's one of the things I love about the Airbnb space is, you know, like if you go to an Airbnb space and it's well done, is you discover these quirks and these um, <laughs> these things that people have and you go, oh, I love that. Like it, it's, again, it's a gameplay, you know, and mm-hmm. I, people used to often say, you know, like you were saying, Fern, about, you know, the house, oh, I could never live like that or, or do it in the next project or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. And when I was saying about, you know, suddenly having the permission to actually live in a different way, that it's, um, I think that maybe, I don't know in America, but certainly in Australia and certainly New Zealand, where I'm from originally, um, there's sort of that tall poppy syndrome where if you stand out too much beyond anybody else, then 
you're you're not you can't be in the bucket with the rest of the crabs anymore kind of thing mm-hmm. um and I've always thought that in America it's probably easier celebrated. Somebody's success is easier celebrated, whereas in Australia it's like you've got to be a dickhead if you're successful. You know, that's the, that's sort of the first <laughs> or, thing that it or is. You have to have had a leg up. Yeah, somebody gave or, it to you. Or who helped her? Yeah, I, I find that really challenging. Um, yeah, me myself um, being a female in a male. Oh, surely you had a leg up, Kate. Surely. <laughs> <laughs> Assume it. They assume it. It's interesting. Spend a couple of hours with me and a couple of bottles of wine and you'll realise, no. That wasn't <laughs> I know you didn't. Yeah, That's exactly. another podcast. You've, you've worked for everything you've got. Yeah. I, I exactly. have, but, you know, I've come from a successful entrepreneurial family and yeah. so the assumption... That was the leg up. That was the leg up. You saw business happen around you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah. yes. And a tough dad. Like... Yeah, a tough dad. Yeah. Um, so no, it was no, um, it wasn't given to you. You know, you you worked for it. You, you actually had to fight for it even more than work for it. Which so, makes it all the more sweet. All the more sweet now. <laughs> Fern, did you get a leg up? Oh, no. I mean, you're talking the the kid that put herself through college and hitchhiked everywhere for four years. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I like to hear. You know, somebody said to me the other day, I can't remember if it was on a podcast or not. He said, hey, I'm not from the Lucky Sperm Club. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never heard that term before, but I was like, huh? I and have. he goes, no trust fund. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't um, know. It makes, it makes you definitely not take it for granted, you know? Yeah, it does. And also feel very lucky because there's, there's like tons of people that work just as hard as we do that don't end up in the same place. And so I always feel so grateful that. There's, there's, um, a, lot of, there's I, a lot of taxi drivers that work longer shifts than I do. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You, with, with you, um, Finn, you know, being a, you know, a hitchhiking hippie and loving <laughs> your music and, Fern actually always has the greatest playlists. Like I'll say, I'll just text Fern, what are you listening to? And she'll send me back a list of what she's listening to. Because it just, I love music and it's, um, yeah, just I love the fact that, I, well, I love the, the music Fern listens to and I go, oh, there's something new. I haven't listened to that before, those kind of things. It's, it's kind of fun. But with that, at some point, Kate's Kate's journey kind of came, and I won't put words in your mouth there, but came from an entrepreneurial family that was in the tiling business. Mm -hmm. And not tiling, selling tiles. Um, How did your journey go? And and Kate went from being involved in there to doing just what she does now. And that was like taking the brakes off, wasn't it? That was like unleashing the beast. It was like, let it run. Um, yeah, let, let it let it run. Let's hope the parachute opens when you. Yeah, it's okay, but let it run. <laughs> um, Fern, what was that journey for you? And that sense of like, where did that? Where did the road suddenly go? I'm off on this track. Oh my gosh, it was just um, it it wasn't. I didn't take the normal path at all. I mean, I I put myself through college and I got an accounting degree and went to work for a big accounting firm and. I somehow forgot that I was going to be in this, what environment I would be in. I never really thought about that. And so I got in trouble for what I wore to work. I mean, this was late, late seventies, early eighties. They really weren't 
they were not comfortable with women in the office except sweetheart can you get my coffee that kind of thing the good so, old days we call that yeah us uh, men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, now it's know, some I, woman yeah now it's some <laughs> woman who says sweetheart run and get my coffee to yeah. me yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh I just you know I was in this very conservative environment and I wasn't conservative and I was listening to Dylan and Van Morrison while I was doing tax returns and I painted my office without permission because I thought they would come in and go, oh, my God, this is amazing. Can you just do the rest of the office? And instead, they fired me. <laughs> so I went to work for one of my clients who had gotten a, he was getting a divorce and I did the books. And so I I knew that uh, he had a really high end clothing store and his wife ran one side. and He ran the men's side. And I called him and told him I was pretty sure I was getting fired at lunch for painting my office without permission. And I wanted to come work for him, but I had never worked in retail a day. I had, I had had every waitressing job known to man. That was my experience working with the public, which is great experience. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a very high end clothing store and I knew all the design. I was a clothing nut, but I didn't have that budget. You know, I used to make my own clothes like out of lining material because I didn't have enough money to buy real material. Um, and so I did that until I was in the fashion business for a long time. When I got married, I moved to Austin and went to work for someone who's one of my very best friends. It's who I'll be staying with in LA. Um, it's like our old days of tromping around New York when we were in our twenties and thirties. Um, you know, just only we're doing it in, we're going to Blackman Cruise and we're going to Ralph Pucci and we're going to all these places in LA, just bam, 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 lunch, a bunch more work and then dinner. And, you know, then you go over everything that you looked at that day. It's the same kind of thing. Only we're not using a Polaroid camera anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Or getting kicked out of the stores for doing it. Yes. Yeah. No, exactly. So, you know, I just, I ended up in the fashion business for a long time and there's so much overlap. And I got a call one day from a friend of mine who had a 29-year-old client who had just sold his business for a ton of money. And he all, the only thing he owned was a futon. And she was like, okay, put up or shut up. Quit your job and do this for real or don't talk about it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I did. I quit my job. I had zero in the bank. My son was nine. Um and I had an 80 hour a week job. I had missed so much stuff with him. So it was, um, I just took, I just took a leap of faith. I've never worked for anyone else. I just learned it all trying to be a sponge by myself. And I just lucked into working with the most amazing people who were collaborators um, where everybody at the table, I can throw out the worst idea and somebody would take it and run with it and make it into something amazing, mm -hmm. you know? And so Clients it's like that that, I, that I think they're the worst collaborators and I'm trying to make it into something amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and your, your story is, is amazing and there's so many um, likenesses to my story. There is. <laughs> so many. You know, I studied <clears throat> mythology for goodness sake. Um, oh, my gosh. You know, and, and you sort of go because possibly you're like me, you're a high achiever and you need to go to uni and you need to, you know, I guess. A plus, plus, plus personality. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and you want to achieve, achieve, achieve and you sort of go down these paths and I kept missing the creative signposts along the way and it's almost like I was blinded to the fact that these signposts were saying you know, creative, 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 creative and 
I started my business with not a cent in the bank as well, actually a big minus sign. And um, <clears throat> it's, um, you know, it's sort of do or die those first couple of years and you're working so yeah. hard, working for potentially for nothing. Um, yeah. And, True. yeah, it's it's quite the journey. It, it's character building and it's all growth. Um, you know, I think if people listening to the podcast, they will identify with it because of the fact that they'll either be in that space themselves or they gave up because that space overwhelmed them. It takes a lot to push through to actually just um, to stay in that creative journey and then also to monetize it enough that, I mean, in both your cases, you think between you guys, there's, there's 30 direct people that eat because of what you do. And then probably outside of that, there's a hundred, you know, by the time there's families and, you know, all the other things that it, that it affects, it's a massive undertaking that, that that's lives that change by your drive, your, you know, um, achievement and being, you know, that high achieving personality that not everybody can do. Not everybody can do that. It's a, it's a gift and you're using it. Like I often think of, um, yeah, you are, you're put on the earth to do something for a reason. And when you actually can give like that, and like you were saying, Kate, about you know, just being open with what it is and how it is and all the rest, your genius is your genius. You're going to have that regardless. It's actually being able to let other people lift up on that as well. Is well the, I think that's where the, the My Happy Space journey Yeah, started. let's talk about that. You know, what a lovely little segue in there. Yeah, yeah, I love that word. You've been, <laughs> I want to you've been on TV. <laughs> um, Fern, you don't know about this, but this is a um, a philanthropic journey that I've started. And when I first spoke to Adrian, it was very conceptual. And I even got so many ideas just from talking to you. <laughs> we just kept pushing. So right? many ideas. And, and now <laughs> we're living in, and breathing them. I've always wanted to... Um, well, I was brought up with the belief that you should leave the world a better place than you entered it. And when you're little and, and you're seeing your grandparents do amazing things in the community and, you know, when you're young and you go to a lot of funerals and you hear all these eulogies about how incredible these people were in the community, I used to think, what are people going to say at my funeral? And it actually was a, a thing I used to ask myself all the time. So you asked yourself that when you were young? Oh, yeah, You were aware? From very young. Oh, my God. What are, what are people going to say about me? Because I'm actually not doing much that's not self-fulfilling. Yeah. Um, so I always knew I wanted to do something, but I didn't know what the vehicle was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've had some, you know, pretty severe personal trauma. And I thought, well, maybe my my philanthropic journey is going to be around, um, around domestic violence and, and around abuse for women. Um, and it hasn't happened. And I, I couldn't understand why why it wasn't gelling but anyway when when COVID hit it affected my daughter in particular really hard she's she was 13 at the time home calling and went into deep depression and um in in the midst of COVID we moved into our new home and she moved into her new room and it's not big at all it's three and a half meters by three meters It's, it's a very small space and it was designed exactly how she wanted it and she said to me, you know, I get my vibe from the people I'm with and the place I'm in and if it's a happy place, it, it's, it's a happy mood. And then I thought, wow, this is something I can do. I can design 
beautiful spaces for people going through hardship. And whether that hardship be student mental health, which is a big issue in Victoria at the moment, because Victorian students have spent more time in lockdown than anywhere in the world. It's it's the number one city in uh, Melbourne. It's the number one city in the world for the amount of lockdown time. Yeah, about two years the kids didn't go to school in total. And so that that had huge ramifications. Especially so, at ages like, you know, 13 to 15. Oh, You know, yes. this is so, they're such formative years that set you up for that whole teenage journey. Yes. Yeah. And I've got two of those children going through, through that. And so this concept of my happy space movement was born. And, and a lot of the thoughts came from you, Adrian. Um <laughs> I read a quote by um, Melinda Gates, and I might, I might get it wrong, but it was that philanthropy is not about the money. It's about using what you're good at to make a difference. And I've got all those words wrong. But, but the, that's, that's the essence oh, of it. Yeah. The essence right. is that I'm good at design mm-hmm. and I'm good at marketing. And so I can use my skills. I'm, I'm good at, um, at, I guess, empowering people. You're a great leader and you're a good visionary. Yeah, so I thought I'd use those skills and try and create um, this this wonderful um, charity. But then I thought I can only do a couple of these a year. So why don't I inspire other designers to get on board? And that's why I've called it a movement. So it's called My Happy Space Movement. And the premise is that each year we will do one or two rooms. Um, Actually, let me backtrack. Adrian asked me a question on the podcast if I could have one last project that I ever did that I wanted to be remembered for what would it be and you know after being put on the spot thanks for the head Adrian (laughs) (laughs) I love you Kate (laughs) (laughs) it came to me that you know very quickly it came to me that I wanted to be able to donate a home to a victim of domestic violence the whole thing beautiful home beautiful land lovely towels lovely sheets artwork the whole thing so that she and and I'm saying she Mm -hmm. would bring her family up in a really safe and beautiful environment but for me starting a a journey that was way too much to buy it off so I thought let's start small and children's bedrooms are probably one of the most inexpensive rooms to redo and I had the specific need of, of needing to support my daughter through her journey so we started with children's bedrooms. And so I'm really proud to say um, my two children have selected the recipients of, of these nominations. We have over 1,500 nominations when we put it out there. Oh, I love this. Isn't and it beautiful? People from yeah. everywhere were saying, I know someone, I know someone. They're going yes. to time. And so reading those nominations was really difficult. Mm. And mm-hmm. I wanted my children to understand how blessed they are. So I, I got them involved and they, because there's no winner in this, it's, and I don't want to say you won a room makeover no. um, because they're going through some very difficult times. But my two children chose the boy winner and the girl winner recipient. And um, it's been incredible. And naturally my children are very um, giving like I am, so they couldn't choose one. So there's two boys and two girls. <laughs> So now I'm doing four rooms. Bit of a blowout in the scope already. Yeah. <laughs> so we have met these wonderful people who have all have their own challenges and, and they're very, very full-on challenges. They're heartbreaking. And um, on Saturday, just gone, 
my whole team who have donated their time. So they're now getting on board and donating their time to design these spaces with me, alongside me, for these wonderful families. And if you could have been here on the weekend to see 15 people here giving their time and then the the boy family came in, the two little boys, and they got to see their presentation of what we're doing for them and it was magical. It was was fine tingling. It was just incredible and, and we're going to present to the girls soon. But to make a difference, for us, it's it's what we do. It's our wheelhouse. It, the design is not the difficult part. But to see the impact that good design can have on people's lives, mm. life-changing. Because as a designer, I think sometimes you get a little bit of a, I don't know, it's like well, you're in the high end and you deal with people with money and, you know, you're dealing with the haves, not the have-nots. Mm-hmm. But when you can take that skill and yes. put it anywhere in the marketplace, put it yeah. anywhere and to understand that pretty things actually can make you feel good, it can lift your mood, it can change your life yep. by having what I'm calling happy spaces. It's mm-hmm. genius. I think it's so important. I think that if we looked so- at homes that way more, um, as in, you know, first of all, they're security and they are shelter. Um, but if we looked at them to bring joy, which is what we do as designers, that's what we do. Um, but if people could, again, like guys must give themselves the permission to do that, to, to have that, it doesn't necessarily has to have to cost a lot of money. It can be a collective of, you know, I, I so admire the, the artisan who shops at, every thrift store and pull something out. Like I go, it's not me. I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. But I, I so love it when I see that people do it so brilliantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a few friends who do that and I go, oh, it's just incredible. Like I, I love being around them because they repurpose, they remake, they do all these things um, at a level that, yeah, is, is so in touch. And when you're doing that with a client, yeah, the client's getting the benefit and you're getting the benefit as well of, of creating it. But the, the space that's left has emotion, story. You know, it, it's like I always think when we go into a house that's going to be renovated and the house already has a feeling, it's either it will be tense or it will be, it will be filled with love, it will be, you know, there'll be a feeling that exists in that space. And I always take this time to just get myself a few quiet moments to really try and soak in the energy of, this, of first of all, the, the site, but then the house itself, if there's a house. Mm. And in taking that, then I go, okay, now I can allow in the people and soak in those people and then see how this space is going to work for them. If it's got a bad energy to start with, and some do, mm. I go, what are we going to have to do to shift this energy? Mm. Um, yeah, and and I, I've never been in one where I haven't felt that we can or can't shift the energy. Um, I have. I've told them to knock the house down. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> well, on the podcast, there's a guy from Austin. Um, his n- name's um, Wells Mason, and... Um, he has a house that's haunted. So um, 
And he used to we, live in a, in a house in Marfa that was a brothel at one point and some stuff <laughs> like that. So he's got some interesting stories. But, yeah, that whole thing, he, his daughter has seen a ghost in their house. My, my partner has ghosts in his home. Yeah, right. And, so, yeah, my, my partner has two ghosts there. I've seen the ghost. My son's seen the ghost. His children have seen the ghost, but he hasn't. Obviously a friendly ghost. Oh, I don't Maybe know. Maybe not. I want to stay on his good side. <laughs> <laughs> I have noticed that people younger than me have a different reaction to ghosts than I do. Like, I'm just like, I need to go get in my car right now. And there, I have a client that um, I was standing there and saw this. We were all outside. It's an old house downtown built in 1902 that we were, it was under construction, we were working on it, and they were standing out in front of the house talking to some friends of theirs, and the friend was a professor at UT, very skeptical, you know, there's no, you know, that's BS, blah, 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 there's, no, 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 there's really a ghost in the house, it's a young girl, she's like 12 years old, they were the second family to own this home in 100 years, and we're standing there, and there was a, the front bedroom was all boarded up on the front, the side window was not boarded up, but the bedroom door was boarded up on the inside I'd never been in that room and we're all it's getting dark and we're all standing out there laughing and all of a sudden you can see candlelight going through this oh, from the side going through this this house this room and like someone's walking around with a candle and it it we all I was like I, ha I have to go <laughs> and they were like look there she is isn't that so awesome and I'm like oh I don't know. It was just so, it was so wild. But Did you continue working on the house? Do what? Did you continue working on the house? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you set, you know, and set that never, room up for the ghost? I, I, let, I never saw her, but they, um, for years, people had talked about this young girl being in the house and they just thought it was so awesome that they were uh, continue that they had brought the house up you know, into the next hundred years, it would last another hundred years mm -hmm. and she would still have a home. <laughs> wow. Like, I think okay. I, I firmly believe that there's, that there's ghosts and, um, you know, <laughs> I do. Um, we actually had a, a ghost, I think in our house when we bought this place and, uh, our daughter saw it. And, um, I remember we asked it to, to leave. We asked the ghost to leave. We just sat around and spoke to it and whatever. And anyway, we never saw it again. So whatever. Um, radiant ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, like, was happy to move on, you know. We, we were like, and I remember my wife and I and, you know, our daughter just going, this is crazy, but let's try it kind of thing. Um, I think, you know, like when you look at um, this sort of whole taking taking a house like that and getting the energy and then taking somebody's energy and putting that energy into a space of them and that thing of design and being mindful of of everything around it you do get to create something that is joyful and joy brings you know it's gratitude it's joy it's like all those things and the what we focus on is what we get and it brings more of it it brings more of that joy and gratitude. And I, I think what's what's interesting in, in our space in design is when we show clients a concept and Fern, I'm going back to you saying to, you know, a client, how about we do this staircase? And I say, do it on the next project. When you're presenting a concept, you can't feel the concept. You see it. 
Yeah. And when you create the home at the end of the day, so many of my clients say to me, it just feels so lovely. And I can't mm-hmm. believe how good I feel in the space. And a lot of people say when we photograph our homes, um, they absolutely love how it looks, but it's even better. It's elevated when they're in the space because it's how they feel. Right. And right. so what you've done with your community project is, is, is have the creative vision and then when people get to visit, they get the feeling and they say, yeah, I want that. That's the difference. Hey? It's the feeling that you create because that's our job is just to create feeling in all spaces for people so that there's a, you know, so it feels great so that their emotions are supported and that they're, oh, I suppose I'm trying to think of, of the way of describing it, but that emotional support that they wouldn't have otherwise is so critical to um, making something fantastic. I've had two clients in my studio in the last week in tears, and they were happy tears. Let me just preface the conversation. <laughs> Very happy tears. But both, and both of them were were women, and one, they're, they're both going through the project at pretty much at the same stage, so they're almost ready to move in. So all the tiles are going in the timber and, and all of the hard finishes. And in their own way, they were both crying with with disbelief that they were going to be living in these spaces. That's the best. That's so beautiful, isn't it? They couldn't believe it. They said, I can't believe this is actually going to be my home. And I I, I never thought I would ever have a home like this. And these homes are still building sites. So they're not not finished yet. And... um, What's been lovely is both of them have been renovations and they've both had homes that haven't had good energy. So one of my clients came in and she said, you know, because I helped her buy the house and gave her advice to to buy it because I saw the potential. So I was with her from the very beginning. Um, And then she lived in it for 12 months while we were doing the planning and she hated every day. She didn't like being there. She said, I think we've made a mistake. And I said, no, trust me, trust me, trust me. And then we did all the space planning. And, and it was for, to her, it was black and white lines. Like she's analytical. She's not creative. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so she couldn't see it. And then she had issues with how much she was spending with what she was receiving. So I said, trust me, take the leap of faith. Trust me, you'll be, you'll be right. And Fern, you know, you talk about property values and, and all of that sort of thing. I have a very... I'm very in tune with property values and, and overcapitalizing and undercapitalizing. Um, and, and she said, I, I can't believe the transformation, the light and, and how I feel when I'm in that space. And to me as a designer. Job done. Job done. Cherry on top, mm-hmm. sprinkles, the whole works. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is everything. So then, of course, I start crying. <laughs> Cry <laughs> So, you know, I to, to bring that joy and, and that sense of feeling, our clients really need to trust. Yes. Yeah. I, and, and when you can do projects like that, other people see it and can trust you as well. You know, it just, it the, the people who bought um, the collaborative project have three teenagers. And when we did one bedroom and we left the other two bedrooms until I knew who was buying it because that's the big crapshoot is who's in those extra bedrooms, right? Like, right. are they kids? Are they just guest rooms? How old are the kids? So they left town for the summer and I had the summer to do the other two bedrooms to the level the first one was. And they're, they're crazy and fun and mixed up. And 
they came home and they're like 15, 13 and 12. Mm -hmm. And their dad filmed them and walking oh, wow. into the and he sends me these videos and there's just all this screaming going on and jumping up and down. I was so relieved because it's like teenagers, you never, never know. <laughs> it, it was, was a huge success, but it, 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 that made me cry watching those videos. And I sent him back. Uh, he said, I know you'll want to see this. And I sent him back the thing. I said, this is, if somebody ever asked me why I do this, I'm playing this video. You know, it's just, that is why you do it. Like you get those phone calls and you make those differences in the way people live and uh, it matters. It really matters. Uh, that, that's, that's absolutely how I feel. I, um, I, I couldn't agree more. And when, when we launched my happy space movement and the, and the little boys were told that they, um, they were getting their dream bedroom their response was recorded and I've played that video. Oh, I can't imagine. And they're seven and nine. So you think, you know, uh, do, do they no really, filter. Do they really oh no filter? And the little one said, oh, I'm getting a gaming setup, a gaming setup, a gaming setup. I'm getting a gaming setup. And I thought, oh, here we go. I'm gonna have to do spaces that are so not me. But <laughs> their space, you know, it's their dream space. One of the teenagers that we're doing the um the room for she has a lot of sensory issues and, and depressive issues. And anyway, she wants her room by day to be really serene, but by night she wants it to be like femme fatale. Oh, wow. Oh. So, so we need to create this bipolar room that, that has two. That transforms. That transforms. And you should see what we've done. Oh, oh how cool. Yeah, uh, we've got cool. to LED lighting for the yeah. transformation. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's so amazing. I designed a, a home for some people, and I went. Um, we haven't photographed it yet, but I went for a look just recently. They've moved in and everything, and I didn't do the interiors. I just um, designed the actual house, and um, I was kind of like, yeah, involved loosely and you know all the finishes and stuff but not actual fit off of it or any decoration of it or anything and uh, one of the girls had so all the bedrooms I think got painted the same color if I remember rightly anyway um, but one of them she has she has her closet like but she actually has a whole bunch of clothes on a rack that's out in the open and she has them all and they're all black all the clothes are black but she just has them all there because they're part of her artwork for her room. Ah, and she dresses, right. yeah, oh, she wow. dresses always in black. And it's part of her, who her persona and style is. And her room's like pristinely tidy and organized. It's like a high-end boutique um, with one rack of clothing, uh. you know? And then her um, sister's room is far more like sporty and like this different personality. It was really fabulous to go in and go, oh, wow, because as I said, we will photograph it soon. But like that was their, they'd really worked with their personalities and because it was a brand own, new home. Their own personal brand. Yeah, yeah, and their son as well. And they, yeah, they developed, well, they'd got the opportunity probably for the first time ever in their life to express that personality in their own room um, without it being with a house that was built with the story around them. 
you know what? You raise a really important point because when we when we um, launched my happy space movement and decided to do teen bedrooms as as a start, one of the reasons why there was so many mental health issues around COVID is because children didn't have control over their lives, so they had no control whether they went to school or not, mm-hmm. no control whether they could leave home or not, no control over not being able to play the sports that that give them their their or travel or anything. So, and and as adults, we really understood the risks associated and we could, um, I guess, substantiate why we were in lockdown and we understood it. But with kids, zero control. And so for us, creating these dream spaces, they're they're not going to be pin-up spaces for KWD's amazing design at all. In fact, I expect... It's not about that. I expect people to say, what's Kate doing? Um, (laughs) But it's more about saying, okay, guys, you've had this tough time, how can we give you some control over your life? And when you have control over your life, you get more of a sense of um, contentment. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. That's a fabulous point. And, I mean, we know when you don't have the, when you can't make choices and everybody else is just making choices for you, you will take control in another way, but usually in a way that will not benefit you. Um, You know, it'll leave some long-term scars. Mm -hmm. It's like the two-year-old that, you know, is having a tantrum about wanting to get dressed and you say, do you want to wear the bumblebee outfit or the princess outfit, you know, and you give them that sense of control. Yeah, exactly. Even if you have curated both of those outfits so because you know you're going to be walking with them. <laughs> well, I I always, my favourite is in the supermarket and I see, you know, Spider-Man or whatever <laughs> and, you know, some dad usually that's feeling slightly embarrassed by it all. <laughs> And it's just like, man, we've all been there. Don't worry, you know. <laughs> or your son wearing the aerial gown, you know, like that kind of thing. It's like, don't worry about it. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. <laughs> oh, let's tell me where you think with. Um, oh. Oh, we lost you there, Fern. Have we got, we've still Uh-oh. got your order to, on the audio. Yep, cool. I'm still here. I'm so I'm so techy. I have to go get it's getting ready to go dead. I'm gonna go find okay. my charger. Well, right while you're doing that, I'm gonna ask Kate about my happy space. Um okay. with with the, the the next round of my happy space, um, how are people getting enrolled to um, yes, this is the next to, step. to be able to make the you know, other designers how are they going to get enrolled this to do this? Step, and I was actually really keen to talk to Fern about I'll it. Wait till she comes back then. Yeah. <laughs> Once she's got her charger. What I always do is I'm my own guinea pig. Yep. So, you know, for example, with Biscayne, I'm the guinea pig. And then yep. I find a lot of people really love the style and they want to jump on board. So same as, as my happy space, I'm kind of um putting myself in the mix first. Yep. And my goal as, as I guess, a bit of an entrepreneur is to tr- try and create a platform of which people can jump on board. And it's been really interesting to see my team members have all wanted in their own way to be philanthropic but mm-hmm. don't know how. So it's almost like I've created a vehicle mm-hmm. that they can easily, you know, it's, it's like the, the bus is going past their bus stop. Yep. And they they can, can easy jump on. They can easy jump on, and I'm not charging a, a ticket yep. price to get on. They can easily jump on, and then they can jump off if they want. And it's like it's doing a circuit. Um, so what I'm wanting to do is is do it myself first and work out how much time and energy it took, yep. um, and also to 
how much money it took. Yeah. Um, I've personally underpinned the whole thing. So if I don't get any sponsors for it, I'm paying for it myself. Yep. So these rooms are going to be built. But the idea is that I use my profile to get people that want to get on board. 100%. So I've already had builders, um, tilers, plasterers, electricians, painters, uh, furniture suppliers, window furnishing suppliers, carpet layers. All these people have said, Kate, we love what you're doing. We'll do our little bit to, to get on board. Yep. So I've got this, and this is my sort of vision, I've got this idea of creating a, a platform worldwide where there's essentially three buckets and you put yourself into one of the buckets. So you're either a designer who's available to design a space in your local area mm-hmm. or you're a um, someone in need who needs a space designed mm-hmm. or you're a supplier or a trade that can support the process. And I want to create a matchmaking situation. And oh. I'm not a fern. This all requires a lot of tech. Um, but we, we basically play matchmaker. So we actually also want to find somebody who is techy enough that wants to be able to, that, that's, that they're the glue that could make all that part be the matchmaker service. So if I make the My Happy Space brand work worldwide, um, imagine being a designer new into your design life and you can you can donate the time to to transform one space, and yep. it doesn't have to be a big space. No, like, it's a bedroom, it, like you say. It could be a man cave in the garage mm-hmm. for, for you know men's mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be even you know we could get landscape architects on board. Mm-hmm. It could be a kitchen garden for someone that loves cooking, but you know mm-hmm. can't you know so to bring joy in the home environment somehow. Um, I want to inspire other designers to get on board. And I'm talking to some incredible people in PR. We're looking at TV opportunities. Oh, get bring it on. Out there. So we're sort of going big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, normal Kate Walker style. Let's, yeah, just, I, uh, I, let's not undershoot it. Yeah, just, I, yeah, let's not. I, I say aim for the stars and maybe land on the moon. Yeah, but, high um, achiever, you know, triple A plus. Let's just keep moving and don't change now. It's working. No, no. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to inspire people and I've already had probably 50 or 60 designers say, how do I do it? How do I yep. do it? So we've kept all of their names. I don't know what happened. So it's really localised to find a space for someone in need in the local area. Um, so that's that's what I want to do. And, and how I get it out there. That's the challenge. I can see it. I know where I want to go. I know what I want it to look like at the end of the day, but I need I need some really clever people to help me along my journey. I yeah. love all that. That's amazing. We could do, I would love to do some of that here. So well, we can talk. <laughs> we can talk offline about that, Fern. That would, um, that would, that would be incredible and that would give me goosebumps. And I think also like in, in what Fern's doing with the collaborative house as well, it's like I see there's a, a real opportunity to do that. In Australia as well, I think. Um, Anywhere. It, yeah, it everywhere. Just, exactly. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's, you have to be willing to take on the project of the house mm-hmm. and the project of the promotion end of it and the hundreds of hours it takes to, you know, figure out ways to promote everyone in the house and to plan events and all of that kind of thing. But even if it's, even if it just, um inspire someone to think differently about how we share resources 
because we can change people's lives if we're willing to do that. If you're willing to have a generosity of spirit, I believe it comes back to you in spades. Um, And so I think that um, that's a big dialogue to have within our community is that, yes, the the downside of that is people that I've uh, broadcast their names to the world have gotten really busy here, several of them. Um, and so it takes longer for them. And when I call, it's like, well, oh my gosh, I hate to tell you, but I can't get to that for four months Mm -hmm. and it costs more money. Their Mm -hmm. prices are so be it. That is awesome. That's, that's exactly what we all need. Everybody needs to be, uh, have a chance at being successful if they're willing to work hard at it. And we should all support each other in that effort. So I, I hope there's, there's pieces of both of these, um, scenarios that people can take and run with if they're willing to just put a little more effort into it so yeah I think as Kate said she's created a vehicle and Fern you've created a vehicle as well Um, they're slightly different vehicles but it's that very much that um, opportunity to go okay well we've got we've got a roadmap and one's being created as to how to do it Um, it's not like it's uh, untested so therefore that information comes back to being able to be shared and then people can follow that through. But, um, and, and it does give them an amazing opportunity to advertise themselves and to be yes, part of something totally. greater. And, and the other thing I think we're all realizing, I'm not sure about how it works in Australia, but in the U S the big vehicle for, for philanthropy forever has been the big gala. And I've worked on a ton of them. And at the end of the day, whoever the nonprofit is gets a tiny little bit of it. Um, because they have to pay all these expenses and all that. And it just always, it makes me crazy. And so part of our model and, and, and what Kate's doing as well is that um, every dollar that we raised went straight to that, uh, whoever that was. It went straight to Ham in this case. It goes straight to those guys getting health insurance that they need. The next one is all about Community First, which is Austin's Homeless Initiative, because it's a dire situation that we're in and they need help and throwing them in jail is not, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not going to say that that's the answer that I want to vote for. That's awful. So, um, you know, to be able to change people's minds and perceptions as well as raise money is also important to be able to educate people that there are people in the community that need us, that they don't, maybe they don't know about them or, you know, whether it's domestic violence or it's homelessness or someone that needs medical care, um, we can all get on board. And there's nothing that makes you feel any better about yourself than doing things like that. Yeah. Um, much more than, yes, I, I, I have an adrenaline rush all day long about doing design work, but it's a different feeling than yeah. than it is when you're helping someone else. So. Do you know, something that occurred to me while you were talking then was like with um, Kate's one, especially, I haven't worked out the model in my head for the other, but um, on that site, Kate, um, you know, if people could donate mm-hmm. money towards um, un- projects where the designer doesn't have all the resources or can't fund yeah. it or can't back it up, um and they can choose from a bunch of projects to donate to. And I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't make them project specific, but if there was a like a GoFundMe, which is a New Zealand thing and or whatever. We're talking, we're talking to legal teams now about setting up 
you know, funds. Like to trust them, yeah. So yeah, can... because we've already had donations and I haven't known what to do with it. I said, just hold on to your money for a minute. Exactly, yeah, just... <laughs> just I'm a little bit ahead of myself. <laughs> but, but we will we will work it out. We, we absolutely will work it out. Yeah. Um, so... I think that's really fantastic. And Fern, in your case, is there an opportunity to, um, you know, take public funding into it um, and and they'll get their money back at the end or they can donate money or whatever it is? Is there an opportunity to do that? I think the main thing on our end when we're building a house that's for sale would be that they donate money straight to the organization that we're trying to raise money for. Fantastic. Like you say, um, straight that, through the hand. It doesn't come to us. We don't touch the money. I don't yep. want to get in the middle of having to, you know, do forms and all of right. that kind of thing. And I don't want anyone thinking anything uh, untoward either. I want it to be very transparent and just straight to the, the uh, organization that we're trying to support. So, yep. um, and, and that happened with ham. Um, you know, it was just, it was, it was really amazing. I, and I think it's on us to, to figure out the groups that are run lean and mean that we want to support, because I'm not interested in supporting an organization that spends, no. you know, half their money on admin. You know, yeah. I, I want to support people that are really, the dollars are going to really what we want it to go for. So yeah. uh, I want them to have the same confidence. It can make such a difference. I, um, you know, getting people in this positive mindset of the giving and you know Fern you said nothing makes you feel better than mm. giving I agree and sometimes I think maybe it's it's selfish me doing this because I get so much joy from, yeah. from giving but um on boxing day I received a text message from the father of the two little boys that are receiving this my happy space um bedroom makeover their dad has stage four pancreatic cancer, which has spread to his liver. And so oh. it's, you know, he has a serious battle. I think it's about a 2% survival rate. Yeah. Um, not so it's very, very bad. And when I um, first met him over the phone, he had no energy. He, he was in palliative care. Uh, we had to only talk first thing in the morning because he didn't have any energy for um even for the phone call, wow. I got a text message on um, on Boxing Day saying that he got some results and his tumours had shrunk by 50% and he oh. believed that was largely in part to what oh. we were doing and the feeling of him planning things with his young boys and the happiness and the, the positive energy, us amongst other people that are supporting them, so it's not, not us alone, but he firmly believes that, that all these people getting around him and supporting their family is what has chemically changed something in him. Wow. When I first told the boys that they, that they were going to be the recipients, I, I got a message a week later saying something chemically in me has changed. Wow. It's, Change me, and when he came in on Saturday, he's he's going to get some more tests done, and he said, "I'm stage four pancreatic cancer." He said, "But I feel great." He said, "I've got energy. I'm not taking any breakthrough pain medication." He Amazing. said, "It's going to be a good result because I I feel different." And he just kept saying, "You know, thank you." The the, the joy that this project is bringing on. And, and we actually talked about the delayed gratification of this project. 
and getting the boys involved. It's going to be a six-month project. Mm. So for six months, they're thinking, what's this dream bedroom going to look like, you know? Mm. It, yeah. And we're talking LED lights, graffiti walls, dragon lights. Um, <laughs> of course. Set up. So we're talking <laughs> about all these things that are not very designery. <laughs> yeah. These boys are just so... So excited. And and for me to think, to go to bed at night and think I potentially have been a a change maker in their life, Mm -hmm. like for me, job done. Yeah. Exactly. And and the process (laughs) is so beautiful helping them through this because it's not like, you know, here's $1,000 because that's such a short fix. Yeah. It's... This is a life-changing thing. We're going to be yeah. for a long time. It'll shift. It'll shift their perception in life forever. Mm. Yes. Not 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 just you know like you said, a thousand dollars is a new gaming console or some damn thing. It's it's it will shift their appreciation of design, their appreciation of their own self worth. It will mm-hmm. um, shift their view of society and that people care and that there is that giving's good. Mm. Um, it's phenomenal what it what it does and I, I think the same with collaborative house when you go we're doing this for these artists to support these artists because we all enjoy the artists mm-hmm. um yeah it makes the difference i oh, always totally yeah i, I love it, you know, it reinforces we, every all of that reinforces and i think those kids the message that they will get is that we're all in this together yeah yeah and that's just something i think i you know i think we lose sight of in this country. I wonder sometimes what has happened um, that we've lost sight of that. Um, and then something will come along and make me believe it all over again, because that's what I was raised to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the more you can reinforce that, however you can reinforce that in positive ways is mm-hmm. just so important. And it's hard, it's hard to do it because we're all busy, you know, but, it don't, don't you think it, it's an incredible vehicle as well? The the power you can give to young people starting in the design industry, like going back to oh, you yeah. as that as that young girl who was in a, a misguided career, me who was in a misguided career, um, and me who's still misguided. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I worry about myself too, Adrian. Like we we all started somewhere, and I would have loved to have had a mentor that said, you know, this is this is where you need to go, this is, you know, to to help these people. And if we are information sharers, because I get messages on on Instagram all the time, you know, I'm never going to be as good as you and how did you get started and, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm sitting around my dining table and I'm never going to have a studio. And I say, well, that was me. That That was me too. Believe in yourself. for us to say, okay, guys, here's the cheat sheet. It's it's this paint company. It's it's this artist. It's this furniture maker. You know, it, it, it promotes design as an industry. Yeah. You've already got the genius. This is a thing I often say to people with. You already possess your own genius to, um, in, in the creative sense, to do the creative work. Either that or you're copying everybody else's. So you've already got your own genius and that's going to stand you out anyway. It doesn't mean that um, when you take this piece of furniture and this lighting fixture or this rug or this whatever, 
it doesn't mean that somebody else can't take exactly the same things and create something completely different from it. And when we go to bake a cake, we use probably about 80% the same ingredients for most cakes. It's the mixture that we put them in. It's how we mix them together. And it's how we form that, that creates the cake that comes out of it. It's um, You're so right. We do 85 to 90 custom houses a year for our clients, which is a lot of projects. Wow. Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, pull off your chip and me we, too. We can't have cocktails. <laughs> well, it's, it's only 10 to 11. But it is. I'll join oh, you. I'll, I'll join you. <laughs> 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 six o'clock somewhere um no I, I i believe firmly in that because we run this custom program so we can't be putting out the same 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 mm. but our design principles are the same which are the ingredients mm-hmm. sometimes right. the color, color palette's the same and sometimes it's the materiality that's the same but every single project is unique yeah yeah then you'd say the same wouldn't you well, that's my argument for giving your resources out is that just because you know who made that table and you know who I hired for the draperies and you know who the artists were does not mean that we're going to come up with the same things. No. You know, I'm not I'm not giving away anything. My, what I have to offer is is my weird brain and what it puts together and what it thinks is interesting, yep. <laughs> you know, and, and your your brain is totally different. You know, it's just. That we sh- the, the bottom line is, is these people do great work. Use them if you can. Use them if you like their work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or use somebody else that you do like their work. Yeah. And, and does it matter if someone that can't afford your services has the same colour white on your walls as you've got, you know? I, 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 I look at people's Instagram feeds okay. and I see hundreds of questions coming up saying, you know, what colour white is it? I'd love to know the white. It's a beautiful white. And the designer is silent. Yeah, really, when they could just go, it's, you know, whatever, well, black, was, white, or it's dulux, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Dulux, Snowy Mountains yeah. Quarter, and it's a great white, all the best. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. absolutely no skin off my nose. And no, exactly. Inspiring it. I get messages sometimes of people saying, oh, this is my KWD-inspired kitchen, and they've used the green from this kitchen and the tile from, you know, from, a, yep. from another project and they've put it together in their own way. Nothing brings me more joy. I love it. I love yep. inspiring others for their own renovations. Exactly. Yep. Well, that's a feast, <laughs> ladies. That's a feast. That was fantastic. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, I noticed my hey, screen froze a little while ago. Boston next week. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly, Kate. We need to get, well, let's. Um, let's... I want to go on a shopping tour to LA with Fern. Yeah, I yeah. think that would be a really smart move. I would love that. I just, um, yeah, I would and love that. And it's all about eating and shopping. <laughs> um, and, and tell me the good hotels as well. Yes. <laughs> well, there's that uh, new, um, is it uh, the proper? Uh, Kelly Wurstler did in um, Santa Monica, isn't it? Proper the, hotel. The, 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 is it the Viceroy? I don't know. There is this. I'm trying to think off the top of my head which one the it proper, is. I think it is in Santa Monica. Yeah. Yeah, in Santa Monica. Yeah. yeah. I'm staying with my friends, so I don't ever. I don't go to too many hotels. But well, so. when it's going to be tax deductible, you might as well stay in the 
best design environment that you could ever find. One hundred percent. It's all research. It is. It is. I'll tell you what. You soak it in a whole lot more being in it than you do just looking at a picture of it. Oh, for sure. You you get to feel it. Yeah. Yeah. So I will give you one one resource I'm thinking about because I cannot wait to go see him. Um, he just had um, he did the walls. He, he painted the wallpaper that's in Gwyneth Paltrow's new house. It's on the cover of Architectural Digest right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike at MJ Atelier, mm-hmm. A-T-E-L-I-E-R. If I, my accent is so bad. Mike Jovanovich. He is the nicest person in the whole world. He and his wife run that business and he does the most amazing papers and furniture, uh, plaster on canvas per wall, just the most incredible things. Um, And I'm hoping that we're going to get to go to see um, Hutton Wilkinson at Dondridge, which is Tony Duquette's oldest state that he lives in. Um, so I can soak up all of those. <laughs> I, I've got all the Tony Duquette books and I pull little pieces from here and here and here and here, but that thing is still intact uh, pretty much. And it's just, uh, it's a time capsule that you know never goes out of style kind of, yeah. you know, just, I'm just dying to see it. So, but Mike is, does the most extraordinary work and he's the nicest guy in the whole world. So, so uh-huh. look him up. I will definitely look him up. Yeah. I'll drop his name. Yeah, hell yes. When <laughs> <laughs> Fern and I were chatting, <laughs> while we were organising our shopping trip in LA, a food and shopping trip, yeah. that's how you say it, okay. Uh, look, us Australians are very good at dropping a name. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Thank you so uh, much for having us, Adrian. Hey, thank yeah. you. Thank you for making it happen. Fun. I know you. Your, both your schedules are crazy, um, and it takes a lot to eke out the time. It's an absolute joy and a pleasure and full of gratitude for you making it happen. Thank you. So lovely to meet you, Fern. Bye. It won't be the last time, I'm sure. No. I, maybe I'll make it to Australia one day. It's on our bucket list. Richard's Magic Arrows is brought to you by the Architect Marketing Institute. Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. Now, I know feed pressure is one of the biggest things facing designers. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There is no one golden bullet for it. Uh, If it was, it was probably select the right type of clients. But if you're in a situation where you're being pressured on fees, I'm going to give you a way of dealing with it. And it's by asking say three questions and this is called takeaway selling so this is where you kind of offer something up and then you take it away and see if they follow you it's almost like imagine if you had some hot chocolate cookies and you had a plate full of them you put them in front of someone and then they went to reach out and then you you pulled it away and you see if they get up and follow you it's that type of thing so this is called takeaway selling so the first question you ask you say well why don't you just leave the situation as it is why why make the change that's an unusual thing for a designer to say, well, why not just leave it as it is? And see how they answer. And then you might say, why did you want to speak to me? Why did you not get someone else? And see if they follow you. See if they answer properly. And the third question would be, well, why not do it later? 
Now, by asking these negative questions, you're going to get a lot more information out of someone than by trying to convince them to do it. Because by pulling the plate of hot cookies away, they're either going to react or they're not. And if they do react and give you answers and explain why it's important, then what they're doing is telling you how important something is. Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to run better quality projects from clients who value great design and are prepared to pay great fees, I've got a special training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will.